All right. Hey, this is Ryan Chapman. Uh, and today I'm excited to have a good friend of mine, Chad Spade. Chad and I actually became friends through Fixer Funnel, which is, it seems like where most of my friends are coming from these days. <laughs> but Chad, you work in the insurance industry and you kind of got roped into this whole automation thing by accident. Do you mind sharing a little bit of your story? We talked about it before we started this episode here, but tell, share with us a little bit of your story. How did you get into marketing automation? How did you start taking control of that as the business owner? And then we'll kind of go from there. <clears throat> sure. I originally found out through uh, about automation through an insurance Facebook group. And uh, I didn't know much about it. I just thought it was cool that we could send out automated emails and uh, that would be good enough. And yeah. I found out we could text with it on a, on a campaign level. And I'm like, Oh, even cooler, you know, because years ago I just, you know, I thought it was still MailChimp level where you, even for customer service stuff, you just send everybody the same thing. And it was one offs back then. Yeah. But then I learned like, Oh, you can do this. So I hired a, another ICP to put it together for me and that, uh, and just thought it was great. And we didn't really have any training and just things went south from there and it didn't really work out. And I had enough money on leads sitting in it that I started taking a look and seeing what was going on and knew I kind of saw the power in it, but I didn't know what I was looking at specifically. And yeah, uh, my, my setup came with a fixture funnel service and I was trying to figure out where to go to, get access to that message. And that's where I called your support, which is phenomenal, by the way. It was a key component in getting well, before now before you go into that, because that we of course we want to hear about that. But before uh, yeah. you go into that, um, it, it seems as though this is a one of the hurdles, kind of the dangers, right? Mm -hmm. The people that are getting into using marketing automation software first phase is the setup mm -hmm. right, and the training. And in your case, you said, okay, I have no problem investing money in setup. I, I just need some help getting this going. And so you did that. But the problem was you didn't really know what was set up, right? Right. There was just a bunch of stuff in this application. And you're like, okay, I got to discover what's actually going on here because you're capturing. It seems like you were saying you were hearing little whispers here and there that something was going on, but you weren't sure what was happening. And so okay. did it make you feel uneasy? Well, yeah, it did. And it was a lot of fear of the unknown. And then, you know, the first time you click into a campaign and fix your funnel, and I'm like, what are all those lines and cells? Infusionsoft? Or, yeah, and Infusionsoft. And, I know we're synonymous with Infusionsoft. <laughs> and I just wanted to click out of it. I'm like, oh, this is like on a whole nother level. I didn't, you know, really now it's just like using dot to dot on the crayons, right? That's where it was. It was really intimidating the first time I looked at it. And, you know, my only source was to use the little chat feature there and at night or on the weekends or whatever and just bang it out through there through reading. And that was that was the real tough part. And I see that go on a lot in other yeah. people's apps that, that they're, they just well, don't know what to do with it. I think, unfortunately, there's too many people that get caught in that trap. And they either bail because they're like, I can't do this anymore. You know, I'm donating because I don't know what's happening. Fusionsoft, mm -hmm. I've got to change something. And so they bail or, you know, they start getting things going, but things aren't working right and it's too overwhelming. And so again, 
they they bounce. It is, and and most of us are small business owners, and yeah, and we really don't just have the time. I I was fortunate enough to to be in a position to where I could actually spend the hours doing it. And that's not always typical, huh? No, no. Most of so what's, what was the size of your business at that time? Because I was having an interesting conversation with Greg Jenkins the other day, and we were talking about you know what type of business actually can make it through that that hurdle or that. Well, I think there's two issues with it, Ryan. One, you got to have the revenue and and sure. you know have that delegation Ooh. system set up to buy you the time to actually get into it. Yeah, and then you actually have to want to, you know. Yeah, uh, I was curious about it. I was interested, and in, and I was. So you had heard enough on the Facebook groups. Yeah, you're like, hey, there's some promise here. I just don't know how to realize it, but it seems like this is the answer to some problems I've, I'm seeing. It is, and each little thing you get, and once you get a little comfortable with it, and it's like, can I do that? Yeah. What about this? Probably, you, you know. Yeah. And you get curious, and you start just building things and and testing it. And you realize that it's so much more than what you originally intended it to do. So when you, when you first got started, though, you know, you're getting into it, you're kind of figuring it out yourself. You paid, obviously, somebody to set stuff up that didn't quite work out. Mm-hmm. That, okay, I got to take the bull by the horns because I've got this ton of, of leads mm-hmm. for in the system. What did you say? Hey, this is the first thing I've got to do. What's the first thing that you did? with uh, Infusionsoft to make it work for you? The first thing I did is I had to go into the campaigns and figure out what things were doing, like ARD timers and, you know, round robins that were switching up uh, my agent's leads. Um, That was very, that was a very frustrating time because I didn't know the tools or the purpose of them. And uh, it literally was banging the head on the chat, the chatbot with uh, fixture for, or I mean, uh, Infusionsoft after hours. And so then you said that there was an aha moment for you when things finally clicked. What kind of precipitated that? I'm going to give uh, Jaden Butler 100% credit for that. He was willing to take the time. And, you know, even before I met you, I would tell people that were thinking about this to call you guys because you're the only company that actually reaches out and will jump in to assist if you need it. You know, that you felt like, you know, you had a team member that wanted you to win with it and help you out in that way. And that was such a big help that he really cracked it wide open for me. He showed me a couple of things and was generous with, uh, answering the questions and teaching me some, some of the basic stuff that just really allowed me to start to, to, to see what I was doing and then learning about the, the potential of the integrations that you could do with Infusionsoft and primarily Fix Your Funnel. That's, that, that's good news. I mean, from my perspective, that's what I tell you know, the guys. It's interesting because we, we had a rough patch where we didn't have the great, greatest support guys. And mm-hmm. then we hired Jaden and Jaden was so good. I said, can we clone you? He said, I have, I have two brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <"Hey>, they're hired. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I would say it's the best customer service. First of all, out of automation, but even beyond that, out of probably any other, I'll call you a vendor, even though you're not that, yeah. that, that I deal with, 
I don't get that sort of support from anybody. And I try to turn around and deliver that to the people that I help. I think what um, some businesses don't realize is that their customer support is more of the business than any other part of the business. Right. In the case of Fix Your Funnel, yeah, we have our software and that is our principal deliverable, right? In Mm -hmm. terms of that's what people think that they're buying. But um, really, if you interact with our support and it's not a great experience for you, then you judge the company based on that interaction. It has nothing to do with how eloquent I may be or anything intelligent I may say or advice I might give because all that doesn't matter at the end of the day when it's rubber hits the road time. You've, you've got to be able to get someone on the line when you need them to help you out. And that's why I tell the guys, I said, take as much time as, as a customer needs because if you make the investment in the customer, it always pays off for everybody. The customers will be better off. Our business will be better off. Because once someone gets it, they're also not going to need you as much in some ways, too. Well, and they'll tell other people about it. And out of all the integrations that that I found my, myself in the middle of using that I knew nothing about, Fix Your Funnel and Jaden was the only one to actually like reach out and help, you know, and, and, had a, and he was interested in helping, you know, where other ones, it's like, I can't even get through. I don't know what's going on here. Oh, that's unfortunate. You know, and, and you said something and I don't know if it was in message connection or in one of your videos where it's like, you know, the people go to Infusionsoft and they sign up for an app and they think they're just going to put it together. It's just that little help of that setup that makes all the difference. Even if it's just a, ta- a tiny little sequence doing something to understand it, it makes all the difference. Yeah. And I think what you were saying in there is like, you know, you don't mind helping somebody get started because it's the number one reason people cancel is it's all great and everything until you go to, to do it. And if you're not sitting beside somebody who knows it or you're trusting somebody else to do it, that that doesn't follow through on things, you're left with the bag. And And, and the one thing I realized really quickly, which was an extra motivation, is there's not an on and off switch. You know, it's just yeah. like you just turn it off when you go away for the weekend if you don't plan for it. So this stuff's firing out on me and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that kind of, I think, segued into the Frank. Well, I, I was going to say Frankenstein, but it's much cleaner than Frankenstein. But we kind of created a monster in you because there was a little introduction. You'd heard of Slack before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaden said, hey, by the way, if you're using Slack, we can crack that black box that is Infusionsoft and have it start reporting to you. So a lot of people will say, and I'll let you, I'm going to hand it off to you to have you talk more about your evolution on, on this respect. But for me, when we first got into Slack, it was a, it was a game changer in that up until that point, I always had to go look at reports like, okay, is this working? You know, what's going on here? You know, and I had to check stuff. And if I wasn't checking stuff, I didn't know what was really going on. Right. And it's not always easy to check stuff either. <laughs> yeah. No, you're going to dig in and all that. And the reality is you just want to know that things are working and you want to know when humans need to step in and you want to know that you know, something's not messed up. And for me, the best way to do that turned out to be Slack. You yeah. took it to a whole nother level. So why don't you talk a little bit about that evolution of Slack and then Infusionsoft using the Fixer Funnel Slack bot and what happened with you. 
Sure. Um, I think it was a conversation with Jaden, actually, that I had just been introduced to Slack. I heard it around for a while and I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I had happened to have a workspace and I just got my, you know, I just put it in my office and started using it for communication and, you know, learning how to set the purpose of the channels and explain it to my employees. And just like everywhere else, I had to push that in there. So I had already been going on it. And then when I talked to, to Jaden, I think he mentioned something about sending text. And then I was like, yeah, I want to do that. So that way everybody can see when we get a text. At, at the time, we were sharing one number with you. Yeah. So it was really a monster to have. I think it, we had like 10 people on it at that time trying to sort out whose text message it was. Yeah. And uh, so then I'm like, well, I can put, I'll get more numbers, get everybody their own number, and then I'll just put it in their own channel so they don't have to worry about that frustration. And I think Jaden might have helped me do that. And then, you know, from there, once I saw it, you know, how he put together a post, then I'm, I'm good. And then I was like, well, why don't I just send notifications there when we receive a new lead through the automation? Because a lot of, most of our, most of our leads come in, uh, automated so I can notify the agents when they get a new lead and then it just went on from there and it's like these tasks are just burying them and if I want to notify them for email engagements right if they tap on one of our guides if they click on an appointment link but don't schedule or whatever you want to notify we have tons of them so we always know when we should make a call to action the task list and the space that you have with it it, it just becomes so overwhelming trying to keep up if you're working any real volume uh, that it just doesn't make it fun. Yeah, we used, we used Infusionsoft Task originally in our first business, our training business. Uh -huh. and it was okay, but then what would happen is, like you're saying, if they get behind one day, they're toast. And it takes so many clicks to resolve one. I was like, forget it. We can't do that. It's not going to work. It's yeah. We started much like you using Slack to give tasks out, you know, and, you know, talking to some other people using Slack, figured out some, you know, relatively rudimentary methods for indicating when something was done or mm -hmm. done. And then Slack introduced um, threads and that was a huge win because it made it less confusing for us to you know, have deeper conversations on a particular item. And, um, you know, we go so far as to, we use um, intercom for our website chat. Right. And we just have all the intercom conversations forward into Slack as well. So that at any point in time, anybody in the business from Slack, Slack is more of our, you know, if Infusionsoft is the engine that runs the business, Slack is in the communication center in terms of the hub. Um, and then there's of course our fixture funnel apps for our chat uh, and texting, but you know, th those are kind of our three basic tools that we're really utilizing. But you took uh, Slack to a whole new level. Yeah, for me, it was, it's really a way to bring your whole, like, let's just speak from, from sales part of it, is you can actually bring your pipeline to life. If you, depending on your type of business, you know, one or two channels, if you, if you have active salespeople out there trying to go out and drum up the business, one, one or two channels isn't going to cut it. And then what about, follow-ups right i don't think you should really ever stop marketing to somebody unless you know they you know they say hey look it i'm just not going to do it anymore whatever the reason is you know when your lead's dead and when it's not 
So you should keep it always going. So the problem in my business is, is that without the proper automation, most most people in insurance that, you know, they might call a lead, a really good lead, one or two, maybe three times. And then it's that, dead that always blew me away because I came um, with our training company. We we're in real estate uh-huh. and these guys were paying um, you know, a few grand a month for us that we did a done for you lead uh-huh. generation program. We were doing direct mail and uh, it was kind of a co-op. So we were able to test pieces and then, you know, send them out to everybody in their respective region they get these leads that they, you know, spent, you know, let's say a hundred bucks, a, a, a phone number, right. Or a call. Right. And we sat down one time and we're like, so how's it going? We're having a mastermind. And we went around the room and I was like, how many of you, how many times are you calling the leads that come in? Yep. And it was, it was beyond embarrassing to hear their answers. And I think they were kind of ashamed to even give them, but it was like, um, I'll call them once maybe. <laughs> Yeah, they weren't even calling there, so they're spending all this money, but they were having enough success that they didn't really take care of all of it. It just blew me away. It's unfortunate because you, at least in insurance, I mean, we have so many leads that, but yet we all focus on new leads, and it's about the journey and the process, right? That you take them through. As long as you're always giving and educating, you know, building that rapport. Some, you know, it doesn't mean no it only means no today it doesn't mean no tomorrow and as long as you're you know you have the permission and you're educating them along the way with valuable resources that you know your competitors just won't bring up because they just would rather focus on the price side of it yeah um you know you got to build your that trust and credibility and sometimes it takes time but most of us are sitting on mountains of leads and we're so focused on the new, we forget about all that money laying there. And, and I believe every business is 100% about relationships. Yeah. That's, one of the, that's one of the things that you have going for you is that, you know, most of the people that are regular callers, they know your guys. And, but, you know, on, on the insurance side, it's, it's just a catastrophe. One of the things that gets in the way, I don't blame all the agents because I've, I've been there before. Yeah. Is, is that you just get exhausted. I mean, the, the processing and the, the quoting time, once you have it, you, you, you have a very minimal chance of catching any sales mo- momentum. Because once you get an opportunity, then it, it's, you know, everything's shut down. So the way I built my, you know, my campaigns in there is to always be working and, yeah. and really just kind of help you do the things that, that you just, you don't physically have the time to do. So that's the beauty of it. So in that, back to the Slack, you should be segmenting channels based on the purpose. So you know when it pops up that, you know, what it is, if you need to pay attention to it now or if it can wait till later. But I I really think you should keep like notifications, some stages, inbound text, new leads. I think we have like eight channels in the system that, that I developed and you know what's going on in them. So it's easily managed. And everything's hyperlinked back to the quick search view if you need to do a deeper dive. Yeah, I really feel like that's the most powerful combination. I've kind of gotten up and, and down on this soapbox before. You know, it's kind of interesting because a lot of people don't listen. Like, <laughs> okay, they don't understand that what you you know figured out in depth, which is that when you have the automation engine reporting into you and you know letting you know what's going on, it kind of totally eliminates the human nature 
element of the business, which is like you were saying before, you get exhausted. You, you say, okay, I'll get that tomorrow, um, which never comes because tomorrow's always a day away. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so the things don't get done until there's an emergency. Right. Uh, emergency. That's because we've hit so deep in the trough of famine that we're like, Oh crap. If I don't get something good by now, things are not going to be pretty, you know? And, you, then you get back up and because insurance is a little bit of a recurring revenue or it's a recurring revenue. Oh yeah. You couldn't make money without it. Yeah. Yeah. So what's interesting about that is that when, when do the emergency bills come on for most agents? Like, do they come on or do they just kind of, you mean like the, like the fire to where you finally got to just go do yeah, it? Is that a frog in a boiling pot of water or is you it? Know, it's a wonderful business, Ryan. And it really is. But you can also let it kill you. And unfortunately, a lot of them, I think a lot of people in the business are not killing it. They're staying just enough to make their bills and have a little extra not to do anything. You know, and... Just in that, that comfort zone. It is. And it, it's, it's sad because you have to treat it really in the first five or 10 years, like, you know you have to make it every month. You can't count on that. And I see a lot of people where they get enough renewal going, maybe making a little more than what they had before. And I call it retirement. You're still going in and going through the motions. The same way the guy that goes to the gym for five years every day at five in the morning. And you're like, really nothing's changed. You know, you, you can go in and go through the motions so easily and retire and it'll sneak up on you. But, but if you stay motivated and, and you keep, growing and reinventing yourself it's a, it's an awesome business that that just keeps giving back to you but i think a lot of them don't have that resilience just to keep pushing through until they so see it. it there's not as much of an emergency siren that goes off for them as it is they just get mulled into a carnal sense of security yeah never really amount to much yeah because that's, you the, that's the, the challenge on the service and the, the it and putting it all together and and stuff, and you know, but don't get me wrong. There's some guys out there just doing incredibly well, way beyond me. Oh, sure. In and, every uh, industry, there are there are people that do really well, and then there's people who who struggle, and there's people that just get by. So right. it sounds like with insurance, what you're saying is the big challenge of insurance is getting comfortable and not and just kind of going, yeah, we're 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 doing it, we're surviving. The biggest thing is process is if you're not organized in your communication, like the inbox, right? Like if you're using that for your filing cabinet for the last three years, it's probably not going to work out well for you. <laughs> you yeah. know, so, so, you know, that's where a slot comes in again, but, but it's just really, you know, do you really, really want it? You know, what, what's going to carry you to, to keep growing? So you said, you said something earlier that was interesting, which is that you, you use Slack to run the whole sales pipeline. So you have different channels for different, um, should, I'm assuming opportunity stages or something mm -hmm. of that analog. And so you're moving people through different stages through these different channels. And that kind of gives you a, an idea of where you are in terms of level on each stage. Like, are we, you know, do we have a gap coming up or are we keeping things consistent? Is it growing by just seeing the, maybe the flow in each of those channels? But you said also that you, you look at um, Infusionsoft and Slack as a way to manage your internal process post becoming a customer or a client. Yes. 
How, how are you utilizing Slack and Infusionsoft to handle that kind of process? What's your approach or you know, what's an example? Um, well, first, I would love to do a heck of a lot more. It's just a matter of getting uh, Infusionsoft connected to the management systems uh, through different APIs. Some management systems are easy to work with and some are incredibly locked down and just refuse. But uh, um, things like uh, cancellation notifications, you know, you can automate those to, you know, kick off the communication via text or email. Uh, gratitude, how many people actually just reach out and say thank you for your business? So those are some of the things. I have it where my customer service reps, uh, because we're not connected yet, but will be very soon through our management system. But right now they have an Infusionsoft web form where if we get somebody that moves and doesn't tell us and we get returned mail, they just copy paste the email address and hit a button that says, you know, what happened? Where are you at? <laughs> yeah. You know, just the, those types of communications. And also, That's interesting. did you see my Facebook live I did today? No, I didn't. Okay. I've been, yeah. So I did a Facebook live today and I'm talking about the three pieces of profits, which are positioning, promotion and process. Right. So I call those the three P's of profits and process. This one that you're talking about is one that I think is super underrated in terms of people's focus on it. Like to your point earlier, most people focus on just getting the new leads, right? New leads, new leads. They don't pay attention to keeping customers, which is the least expensive way to grow your business is keep the customers you get as you're putting new ones in. Right. Right. So the process that I follow is, you know, I, I look at the yellow brick road. What are all those things? And as I was, that you have to do in order for this business to survive and, and grow, right? And as I was hearing you go through these different examples, it sounds like you know you have looked at the business as a holistic whole and said, okay, what are the things we got to do right in order to keep people happy with us, and not just happy, but wanting to tell the people, hey, you got to go chat. Right. Well, and that's a. I mean, that's a problem in my business, but as far as automation goes, all this stuff, I have my employee, I think we're right around, I don't know, 23, 25 employees, something like that. And uh, I'm like, I need to see everything you do repetitively. You know, so that same email you actually finger type and you never saved as a draft. Okay, well, merge fields. You know, you just, you can get it done with almost hitting a button and, and it's gone and it's done the same way every time. One of the things I learned from you is that you want to use automation. So not everybody has to be a genius to work here, right? Yeah. You don't have to go hire somebody that that is super advanced. Not to say that you're going to hire low-level people, but you want to make their job pleasurable. Yeah. And, and who wants to get hit by phone lines and going in and out of applications on day and type the same email out that they're going to do how many times as they get interrupted at correcting it? And... Uh, uh, you can automate most of those communications that they're typing. Okay, so that kind of leads us to your evolution, which is way beyond anything I would have expected, right? Mm-hmm. You have a relative that is a developer. Yes. And you said, hey, I'm really digging this Slack stuff. I would love to be able to let my team just run the whole business as much as, like, as close as possible out of Slack. Yes. And so you developed something called the Funnel Cake Slack app? Yes. And um, 
you know, I've gotten to just see some of the, the stuff you're doing with it, but the long and short of it is a lot of these processes like, Hey, we need to send out this email to this person. They can actually enter in some details that will go into Infusionsoft and then apply the tag and then boom, that email gets sent off or whatever. Right. So that's correct. Like that. So you've gone through and made it possible for people to literally run the business out of Slack. For the most part. Yeah. The repetitive tasks. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. That's the where um, when people don't take those repetitive tasks, like if we're doing something multiple times, as soon as I know we've got it figured out, right? You don't want to automate it before you've got it figured out, in my opinion. No, you want to have the hard system going. For me, it was collecting everything that they're doing and yeah. show me how you do this. So yeah, it's stuff that was already proven. It wasn't like, hey, this is a new idea I have. It's like, no, I'm doing this every day 20 times. Right. Well, and as a business owner, uh, the real value that it brings is consistency in your messages. Yeah. You got like six, eight people all sending it their own way. Are they communicating how you want it to be communicated? Yeah. You know, not that they're writing bad messages, but are they clear enough? Are they, you know, yeah. are they to the point or are they telling a story that doesn't make any sense? In so I'm going through um, the mortgage process right now. And mm-hmm. the, the gals I'm working with are great. But the emails I get, you've got like between the emails from the, the real estate broker and the mortgage people, I'm just like, it is a wonder that you guys stay in business. <laughs> it's so unclear what I'm supposed to do, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm not afraid of the phone. So I just jump on the phone and say, okay, well, what is this garbage you just sent me? You know? Right. Uh, I sent a stack of 200 papers by all three of you guys. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a miracle that some of these people even get anything done at all because it's so unclear. And I don't think anybody sat down like you're saying and has gone through the inventory of what are the things we're doing every day, every file. Oh yeah, you know, and, and what's one, clear, what's not. Yeah, a big thing that we're doing is is it, you know you have uh, for personal lines insurance, you have a uh, you know automatic draft forms or reoccurring credit card forms and stuff like that where you know, or, or exclusions or something like that. And I'm like, give me all of these things. And I look at them and I'm like, these can't, they just can't be Ryan, the up-to-date ones. It, this can't be happening. Or, I mean, somebody actually took the time to make part of it fillable, but not the key parts. So you still got to print it out. Uh-huh. And, and, uh, and I'm like, no, I go to the carrier again and, and see, they got to have a better one than this. And we're still using, for a company like Travelers, right, the, the, the EFT form we use, you can tell it, it was designed for when fax machine was like the latest and greatest thing. Yeah. So I just remade them all and put merge fields on them and we shoot them out through DocuSign and nobody has to touch them. See, and that, that's the wonderful thing is once you start to, but see, all of this was, would have been not even, you know, a glimmer in your eye. Two years, three years ago, right? How long has it been? Oh, man, not even a year and a half. See, you're so advanced. Like, Chad, you don't even realize. Yeah, well, I mean, keep in mind, it was a sacrifice. I mean, oh, yeah, no, there's always a sacrifice. It's yeah. not like it comes easy for anybody. Yeah, but, I, um, I made a lot of mistakes, but, you know, I took a long day, seven days a week for about a good year of just banging my head. But, it, but, it, but I'm also putting it in for other people, right? Yeah, so now you, let's talk about that. You, trans, you've, you figured all this stuff out for your own business. 
it, it seems like it's almost a natural evolution that can happen to some people when they really get it. They're like, okay, nobody wants to go through the hell I just went through. No, no. And for me, I love to give and I love to see people. And when, when I can actually help somebody kind of rediscover their agency, it, it's just, it has a special place for me. So I totally relate with that. You know, and when you hear the statements of something like, Hey man, I've been driving, going into the office for 10 years and now I like get in early. I'm excited to come in, you know, and uh, that's the difference that makes all the difference. But that's neat. But, but also, you know, what it does is you, you can only use your imagination with your employees and your own use so much. So for me, I, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not telling people my secret or something like that <laughs> or how I do stuff. And it's like you're missing the whole point. You know, we saw a little bit of that at SuccessCon about how people uh, partner up. But I love helping other agencies out because I get new ideas and I get different perspective. I hear different ways of, of generating leads. And, you know, so it, it forces me to keep growing and, and keep pushing my limits of, of what it is. Because I think for the most part with automation, you're really only kind of limited to your own mind on what you can do with it. And usually if you have an idea, you can, you know, if you look at it hard enough and try enough things, you can figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah, that, that's an interesting point because if, if you are committed to the process, you really can't get anything done, you, but you know you do have a huge advantage that you know some people have not tapped into, which is having a developer friend. Oh yes, because yeah. they they help you make possible what's not possible on the paved road, right? So Infusionsoft is a paved road, Fix Your Funnel is a paved road, but there are areas that are not paved and that you want, places you want to go, and you know having a developer you know, available to you. It's more advanced stuff, but, you know, get, talking to a general audience now, the thing that, that I would like to, to say and point out that, that you have really kind of clarified throughout this whole process is that you just need to start somewhere simple. And the, the best part to do is, at least from my experience, it seems like you've got to get yourself some time first. And that's where you'll get some gains right off the bat is when you're doing repetitive stuff that, or there's stuff that you know you should be doing. In fact, I think it comes down to these two questions. What should you be doing that you're not doing? Right? So that's like the consistent follow-up with the leads, you know, making sure that I'm not letting them fall through the cracks, you know, that I'm reaching out to them so that they can become customers. And then what am I doing that I should not be doing? Yeah. All the repetitive stuff that, you know, I'm changing every time probably and everybody's got a different message, you know, that kind of stuff. If you ask those two questions, I think you'll, you'll get a pretty good list of things to choose from. And, if, you know, I come from the basketball background, obviously, because of my height, I have to, <laughs> or something, you know, I have to hang drywall or paint ceilings. So, what I, with basketball, when you do warm ups before a game, you don't, shoot three-pointers unless you're Steph Curry. What you do is you do layups. And the reason you do layups is to get your confidence and your shot going. You know, So when you take that big list of, okay, here's all the things I should be doing that I'm not, and here's all the things I shouldn't be doing that I am, 
and you put that bullet point list together, I just say find the easiest one on there. Get one and then start exploring with that one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, it may not give you huge returns, but at least get you comfortable with the process. And then once you've got that, you can open up other stuff. But sometimes it's like in your case, it's the um, urgency that drives the first item that you hit. Oh, at first it was just that pressure of me being up against the wall because I knew it was possible. But that's a, the, the thing that you're saying is that, you know, I always just kind of like people that do want to dabble in it that I help, I'm like, just go for the quick wins. Just yeah. just get something and get excited about it and build from there. Um, I think some people want it, you know, that we all want instant gratification to some degree, right? And some of us yeah. really want it. Um, but even if you had everything that you can do, you, you know, one of the things that was hard for me, even with my own employees was, Hey, just do this. It's so simple. <laughs> and, and they're like a deer in the headlights and it, like moving a stage. What? And I, you know, it's Have you like, ever read my book, how to fix your funnel? Um, I'm putting you on the spot here, but that's okay. If you, if you say uh, it, that's fine. It's no, good. I have, I haven't. I've read messaging connection. Okay. You, you need that one. It's five bucks on Amazon rate. Right? As soon as we're done, just go ahead and order it. I put it at five bucks because nobody can say no to that. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you get the, um, how to fix your funnel in that book. I talk about this because you bring up something really, that's really important is the staff. If the staff doesn't cooperate, it doesn't matter how great your ideas are. Right. And that's yet another reason to to kind of ease into it because you've got to get staff buy-in in order for you to actually get the full benefits. But in at the beginning of that book, um, maybe not the beginning, somewhere in the book, I talk about this phrase that came from a guy named Dr. Goldratt. And the phrase that he said was that technology can bring benefit if and only if it reduces a limitation. And he, he highlights in that phrase that it can bring benefit because in, if in order for us to operate without the technological benefit, you know, tech, technology that's reducing the limitation in our business, we have to figure some way to operate, right? So we develop shortcuts or modes of operation that we do in order to survive. When you introduce new technology, if we don't change the rules that we use to survive, to now leverage the new technology, then it's as if the technology didn't exist. And that's why he says can and not will. You know, oh, yeah, big difference between what you will do and what you can do. So a really important part that a lot of people underestimate as well is, is getting the staff to buy into using the technology. And, you know, when you go to a company that does all the setup for you all at once, I don't want to discourage against it, but if they don't train you and your staff and get staff buy-in, it's almost wasted money. That because was 100% my problem, Ryan. Yeah. We had, oh, here you go. You know, here's a piece of paper, how to use it. Um, no, it needs to be ongoing a little bit. And for me and all the people that I've, I've helped out, yeah, it's always the hitters, you know, the top salespeople, the ones who can actually use it to just even crush it more. They're the ones that are the hardest to get yes. to stop and adopt it. You know, the, the regular average, you know, salespeople or agents, whatever you want to call them, um, you know, they're more willing uh, and they'll get on it and then they start talking about it. And, and I, I kind of use them to start reframing the ones that, that are really out just killing it, but won't take the time. 
And then some people see sometimes team members as being lazy or hesitant or something like that. But I think it's actually the good parts of them that, that resist the change because they're like, no, I got to get results. Uh, I know this way gets results. I don't know about your new way. What I'm doing is fine. It works for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why easing in, I feel like is so much more effective. You know, get something simple. If you're going to involve staff in a phase of automation Get, get, make it something that's going to make their life a little bit better well, that they can buy into. And that right there is one of the, the key catalysts of me creating the, uh, the Slack app is because the training on, on Infusionsoft, if, if you don't know where to go and how to make it simple, and it's very intimidating, if you, especially if you go into the, the contact record, yeah. people are just blind to it at first. But I mean, after you get used to it, it makes total sense. But, but, the way that the way the Slack app came about was throwing this stuff to the channels and then seeing people, you know, still kind of struggling a little bit. And it's like, okay, well, I don't even want them to go there unless they need to see their, you know, their pipeline on their dashboard and want to know their distribution or other key reports that we create. But uh, if they can just manage their pipeline and through my experience with it, if you get the timing down, right, you don't need to worry about your leads. If you get a text, you can respond back quick. Um, if you get a new lead, you can uh, respond to it right there or or go over to quick search and, and do whatever you want to do over there, you know, because you're going to get an email typically from them or, it, you know, if an appointment's made, that goes to a different place. So I nothing can fall through the cracks. I know a lot of newer guys or a lot of the older Infusionsoft guys don't use opportunity stages, but there's not one contact in my database that's not in a stage, even if it's called dead lead. That way I can always, there, there's nothing out there floating around that can't be accounted for. So they build trust in, in the system. From them, it's just working on the timing of what it is. So you can operate everything out of the out of the Slack app and you don't have to be worrying about shifting in and out of the application so much. And you, you know, you're always going to need to go there a little bit, but if, if you have a busy day going on, which most of us do, you can, you can take care of most of the stuff right there. So in, yeah. in the Fluke Slack app, you can, you can apply tags, you can put custom fields in there. You can make a note, you know, now, you know, thanks to your API, you can actually respond to an inbound text out of it just for quick stuff. You know, but if there's images in it, obviously you want to still know how to go to fix your printer to grab those out. But to keep it as simple as possible, because they have all this system, at least in insurance, I mean, we have over a hundred different insurance companies. So they're they have one management system and then they're then they're struggling with all this. They have their go-tos, but then when underwriting dictates that they go to one they don't use that much, now they're fighting with that. And then you want to come in and give me Slack and Fusionsoft and all that, you know, you got to. Slack, Slack became kind of their central communication platform with one another as well. So that helped the adoption there, didn't it? Oh yeah. I had to push that in and they're like, what is this? Do I have to? I'm like, just do it. And then, you know, as soon as they looked at it and saw the post, it was off. Yeah. We were using like Google chat and iMessage and stuff like that before and then the original reason I got Slack in the business was I just, I wanted a little more history to stuff and a little, a little more transparency between all our conversations and stuff like that. You just didn't get that with Google chat. 
So that's what we started with. And then I was like, oh, wait, they got, they got a way for me to push information in here. Yeah. And that's when, for me, it just lit up. You've taken to a whole new level. But I wonder, do you think that if you wanted to grow the number of agents in your agency, that you would be a much more attractive option to other practices that, you know, other agencies that they could look at because of your systems? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had it easy to get people to go, Oh shoot. I want to work with Chad. I don't want to work. Yeah. With I, I, I had a guy come from triple uh, a, I don't know, six or seven months ago. And when he saw what we were doing, he's like, man, this is like the most, he goes, it makes the whole prospecting process fun. It's like playing a video game. And I'm like, right on. You know, I mean, you still got to make sure that, you know, you get results, but at least that that management side of it, you know, you're not going to be the guy that calls one to three times. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I have a MIT or Harvard Business Review where really it, it takes people eight to 12 contacts to, to actually you know, get them to go. And then, you know, you don't really start upsetting them until more than that. But, uh, you know, what? I think if everybody that had read the messaging connection, they could probably do it in three or four. Yes. And you're uh, conversation starters. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, that's a big one, you know, cause our first text, what, you know, it'll end what's most important to you about, you know, and, and you get the response from it and, and you're right. The tonality in there, you must have had some NLP training in the background, but um, uh, it's it, you can, if you let them use their own filters, they can only dis- delete, distort, and generalize. So if you're making statements or or commands, they're going to look at like what you said, screaming at you. So the conversation started the light bulb. The, you know, two things: watching your Slack video is like boom, that was it for me. And then then uh, I. I rewrote like most of our stuff after messaging connection because of, of the statements like that, where you're saying you got to use conversation starters and, and our contact rate went up big time because of it. That and the pre-call text, because it's just as such a professional courtesy. Yeah. Well, and, and as you, cause you're coming into this, just like most people are where they already have a database there you have some connection with people. If you're initiating new connection with a V card in some way, um, everything else gets easier for you. And I think that's one of the, probably the least understood strategies after conversation starters is getting your contact information into their phone as early as possible in the relationship makes a huge difference with all your contact attempts down the road. It, it does. And in the beginning, I was so overwhelmed. I waited too long for the B card. I knew about it and I, for, I forgot. And then when well, I, that's fair. You know. And I went to, I went to your class when we met in Tustin there. Yeah. And then it was like, Oh yeah, that in the pre-call text, just, I was like, okay, the, you know, the V cards, you know, I need to make sure they're, they're on there because. Yeah. Well, um, that's an interesting, you point out a lot of what I hope people are understanding is that, none of the things that you've mentioned that have made a big difference are very difficult things to get started with, right? We may put them off, but like incorporating a V card into an early text, doing a pre-call SMS, relatively simple, thinking in terms of starting conversations, not super hard. I mean, we all have to have conversations. Even if you're super awkward, 
you know how to start a conversation if you have to, you know, <laughs> to save your life. Right. We all can do it in some way, but you know, as we think about that more, everything gets easier when we follow some of these just real simple principles. And you kind of like what I'm always blown away by is how do people survive doing it the wrong way? You know? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. It's, you have to scratch your head and like, you know, there can be this much. Oh, geez. Well, it's bad. Even with the mortgage cost and, and, uh, and, and you still make it with the, with the mortgage lady, even it went, she went like two weeks without giving me any update. Yeah. And I'm like, look, it, I can't help it. Cause this is what I do, <laughs> but you need to stay in contact like every two to three days. Even if, if it's just a message to say no changes, uh, we're still processing stuff. I'll let you know when something comes up. That message right there, and when you're in a short-term process, like, you know, the, this is like the engagement process with the mortgage company, right? Is I'm, I'm going through this process of giving them papers and waiting on stuff, giving them papers, waiting on stuff. And the lack of communication builds anxiety and uncertainty, right? Like, did I pick the right person? Are they going to be able to get this done? you get it done in time, you know, those kind of questions. And those are red flags, right? We don't want those kind of thoughts that ever come in the minds of prospects, you know, engaging with our company. Right. Just a simple touch. And the great thing about the texting too, is that it's so easy to make sure it's seen, right? Because they're going to see it. They don't have to reply to it necessarily because not every message has to be a conversation starter, especially like when they're doing it, right? Right. You can just have some notifications, just that touch, the simple touch to say, hey, I just wanted you to know we're still in process. I'll get, I'll reach out to you as soon as the, the status changes. That is so reassuring. Well, it is. And I'm needy like that too, Ryan, where it's like, I just want closure. Hey, we're still on track. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's been a while. Just tell me everything's like, you know, it, for no reason. I know it's okay. I just like to hear it. But you can imagine how great that experience would be, you know, and how much more like she's very personable. takes care of stuff for the most part, but just isn't good in that communication side. If she just had that communication side, how many more referrals would she get? What well, is, and you bring up a point that it's kind of similar to the process you're going through, but it's a little drawn up or it's carried on way longer than, well, maybe not, but life insurance, right? Yeah. Typically if we sell life insurance to somebody and, and help them out there, it's about a two month process, sometimes going quickly. And it depends on if, you know, who they're, you know, if they're with Kaiser out in California, forget about it. Yeah. But anyway, uh, you know, so typically, you know, we get overwhelmed that, you know, the tomorrow, it, it just never comes just to touch base with them. Right. Yeah. So I built an eight week uh, sequence that just touches base every, every couple of weeks with them, letting them know where, you know, I know kind of about what we're in the process of doing by that yeah. stage there. Just kind of like just touching base with them and carrying along the way and letting them know, hey, you should be getting this by now. And by now you should have already taken care of that. And, you know, I'm, I'm just know that I'm watching it on this side because very few people actually think to take the time just to, to let them know. It's like before you get your app submitted and you disappear like the mortgage broker. And it always bugged me because... It's, it wasn't my intention. It's just the time can go by so fast without you yeah. realizing. Well, you've got so much going on. 
Yeah, when your touch points are... The fascinating point part, though, is, is if they've ever been through that process with anybody else and then they go through the process with you, they're like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. Right. And once you get somebody to have that experience where they go, oh, this is how it's supposed to be, sort of like you did with our customer support, right? Right. Oh, that's how it's supposed to be. This is what I should expect from a software company. Right. Once you do that... You have now pushed yourself to the top of the heap. It is. And I really think it's just the beginning, Ryan, because it, it, this is stuff I want to do. I started my business in, I think, like 2001. Yeah. And, you know, you get kicked around for quite a while. But when you're coming into it, you have all these great ideas on what you're going to do for your clients and how great it's going to be and, and all this stuff. And slowly you realize, one, you don't have the revenue to like do all this custom coding or, you know, your management system falls way short of even, I mean, it's basically a glorified file box. Yeah. And then the email marketing was like constant contact or something like that, where you just, you just pick the same message on everybody and it has no timeline. But now the tools are there and the the possibilities are there to do what I always wanted to do for our clients, to relate with them in that way and to keep educating them on how to, you know, manage their personal risk. Everything depends upon it, but the world is defaulted on, you know, let's beat the price now, worry about the coverage later. And it's like, well, now I can create that journey if they're listening or not, just chipping away at it a little bit. And once you get the ear of the one, you can really set a difference from them. And insurance, it's crazy to not listen to, well, first, if your agent's qualified, right? But but uh, the difference that makes all the difference is not much money. Most of the time, if you would just stop and and that's taking the consideration how to do things correctly, you could probably get all a hell of a lot more coverage and you're going to be covered in a whole new way on a whole nother level. And you're saving money. <laughs> but and if not, maybe a little bit more. But now, problem, are you licensed in Arizona? Because I'm wanting to switch all my insurance over to you. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, it is. Nobody talks about, you know, the there's a lot of stuff going on in policies that you need to be aware of. And it's minimal stuff, but it's stuff that can kill you, you know. Well, let's, let's close on this because I think it's an important point to close on, which is once you get this framework in place, like you're saying, you got a lot more that you would like to automate than you currently do. Mm-hmm. But you have a framework with which you can do a lot of things in the future. And so once you get your framework established and you've got, okay, I got a basic concept of how I can use these tools, then it, Every week you can be making advancements in how you run that business because you you get comfortable enough that you know like the the idea to add in that eight week campaign would mm-hmm. that take you like maybe an hour to add in the yeah a couple of hours I mean you know copies always your killer yeah right? so once, it's, once you know how to configure it's the copy that gets you so it's two hours that's the nice thing about text you don't have to write as much copy <laughs> yeah. And, once you get once you get that two hours in though that two hours works for you for the rest of the life of the business. Oh yeah. man, you, you know who knows what the value of that is. Tremendous. Yeah, adding in these little things that you, you come up with. And maybe as you've been listening to this episode, you know someone is out there. They're going, oh wow, I never considered that thing that Chad just said. I'm, yeah. I'm going to do that in my business. I've got a you know a couple week or a couple month period of time where 
clients are kind of hanging in limbo while we're doing our thing. How could I reach out and touch base to them to reassure them? And you know what? You can put that in place. It might take an hour or two, like if you want to write long emails or something. By the way, I've learned for the most part, unless I'm really feeling inspired, short emails work as long as long ones. Maybe a video is better than you know the long email anyways nowadays. But yeah, I think if if you're new to automation in a small business, it, it's once you open up your eyes, and I don't mean that in a bad way, you start realizing like how much stuff is going on in your business that's just ridiculous. And it can it can all be done in a whole new way that that really saves people time and reduces their frustration. I mean, there's so many wins in putting all this together for your business that uh, it just changes everything. There, there's so much frustration going on around your office that you can eliminate it while you're really astonishing your clients. It's a win on every front. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Chad. This has been really fun. Hey, but before you go, I hope you have your phone number and keyword ready because uh, yes. if you are interested in learning more about the Funnel Cake Slack app, I wanted them to be able to do that. Not that this was a big, long commercial because it wasn't, but <laughs> if you're using Slack and you're using Infusionsoft, you want to kind of see what it means to take it to the next level, uh, you should check out Funnel Cake. So go ahead and tell them the keyword and the phone number they can text you to get more information about it. Sure. Text the keyword Slack to 949-536-7824. That was text Slack to 949-536-7824. And if you're on our website listening to it, that'll be at the very bottom of the page because yeah. the whole thing transcribes. So you'll be able to see that there. Or you can just hit rewind and listen to it again. See, that's a beautiful part about the podcast, right? It's not like radio where you're like, what, did, what was the number? Did somebody catch the number? <laughs> just rewind it. it was yeah, I always wonder who catches those. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, Chad. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it. It was nice catching up with you, Ryan. Thanks so much.